This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Today on CityCast Philly. Culture Fest happens this weekend at the Penn Museum. This month celebrates diverse women artists and creatives in our region. Our arts and culture contributor, Charles Tyson Jr., is here with me to talk about one artist who's carrying a traditional Indian prayer dance forward. It's Thursday, March 9th, 2023. I'm Trinae Nuri, and here's what Philly's talking about. Okay, Charles, tell me about Culture Fest. I've actually never heard of this one. Neither have I, actually. It was a very cool thing <laughs> okay, that showed great. up on my my <laughs> calendar because uh, a, a good friend is performing. And I was like, wow, this is a, a fabulous event. It's through the Penn Museum, and it is a celebration of the artistic power and creative diversity of women artists and visionaries from around the world. And there's going to be all forms of artistic expression. There's going to be uh, live music. There's going to be live dancing. Even a drag queen story hour. (laughs) There's going to be pottery and crafts making. There's going to be all different kinds of, of creative and expression all coming from a celebration of the feminine. Got it. And, you know, you sat down with yet another Philly legend. Uh, Tell us about Madhusmita Bora. Madhusmita, or as uh, she is known to all of us affectionately, Madhu, is a great friend. And she is the director of the Hatria Dance Company. I met her uh, I believe it was 2013 or 14 during mm-hmm. the Etc. Performance Series, which is a, a series that I produced at the Community Education Center in in uh, University City. And I remember her application came across my desk, and the words that jumped out to me were traditional Indian prayer dance, first women to perform in the United States. I didn't need to read past that. I was like, yes, we want this. Yeah, <laughs> And she has... Uh, She gives me credit as being the first one to give her a stage to present this work in the States and in Philadelphia. And so, you know, that's something that I I am proud of and take to heart. Um, Hatria is, is, it's very powerful. It is 600 years old. Mm -hmm. And it comes from, uh, it was originally and traditionally, um, performed and practiced by the celibate monks in the Hindu monasteries in Assam, which is a little island in the northeast corner of India. And it was always done by and for male bodies. So women performing and practicing uh, Hatria is very new. You know, within the past, only within um, the past 40 years, was it even an idea that uh, anyone other than the monks could perform it? And only in the past 20-something years that, you know, it's becoming 
a wide known thing that women are, are practitioners of this ancient prayer dance. It's an oral tradition which was handed down from one generation to the next. Um, so, you know, these are tradition bearers and women only had sort of access to it and started embracing it um, somewhere. You know, initially, like the first few practitioners were, you know, one or two of them came in the 1970s, but like 2000 is really when women were embraced into the fold. Yeah, that really stood out to me. Women recently embracing this dance. Like how big of a deal is that? You know, what is it like for her to now carry this tradition? It's a very big deal. She is considered an ambassador, not only to India, but uh, these monks. She is an ambassador around the world of this tradition that was very insular for so long. And she has brought performances of Hatria to audiences around the world now, starting from Philadelphia, starting from the little stage at the CEC. She mm-hmm. has um, branched out. Uh, she did a wonderful performance at the Art Museum. Uh, she got a huge grant. She brought the monks from Assam to the States and and presented a, mm-hmm. a, a performance for an audience at the art museum. And that was spectacular, including uh, several of her own personal teachers. She's uh, brought Hatria to New York and uh, the Library of Congress, um, London, like everywhere. It's I'm so proud of her. Her and her partner, Perona, uh, who are the main members of Hatria Dance Company, they are driving forces, you know, and and they are shining examples of women uh, being powerful and taking on the mantle of something that is so storied and historic and carrying it forward in a way that is very dynamic and just striking to see. I'm so proud of them. It's very nuanced. And I often think about what it's like to carry this tradition, which was mostly you know, which mostly lived in male bodies, male celibate bodies. And as a woman of the world, privileged woman at that, right? Like, what is it like to carry this tradition forward? And don't get me wrong. I mean, the dance itself is is really gender fluid because the monks would dress up as women to perform some of the pieces, right? And then there's like this role reversal now where women dress up in the male costume, to perform some of the more like rigorous um, and and masculine pieces, so there's this con- constant tug and pull, and you know I'm also right now processing what it's like um, not just you know an art form that lived in male bodies but young male bodies right and I'm getting there in age, uh, so how do I navigate that? <laughs> You know, how do I navigate that in my, you know, rickety bones <laughs> and, and um, you know, carry this tradition forward? This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. 
Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch, find inspiration for your new vibe every day at Saks.com. You know, Charles, Madhu's dance company, like you said, has traveled around the world, around the country, has received grants and awards. How has she been received in Philly? Philly, Philly loves Madhu and Hatria. Over the past 10 years, I'd say, you can't go too long and too far without seeing their picture on some billboard promoting some Philadelphia institution that is having a performance. The Barnes, like I said, the Art Museum, so many different places I'm seeing her as an ambassador, a representative throughout Philadelphia. And I love that for her. I love that for her because she works so hard in trying to get this dance form seen by people. She said she performed um, anywhere and anywhere, anywhere and everywhere that would have them, (laughs) you know, in in cafeterias and auditoriums, just trying to, to get the form seen. And it's paying off. And as and she talks about her rickety bones. If you see Madhu perform, there is nothing rickety about what she brings. <laughs> and you know, I was just thinking about that. Can you just kind of describe what this style of dance looks like? It's very theatrical, as with a lot of traditional Indian dance, the the face and facial expressions and the eyes especially are very important in telling the story. There's also very, it's very gestural with the hands and um, percussive. And there is usually an element of vocal, like either singing or poetic text. It's very striking and like I said, theatrical and dramatic. And each piece takes you on a journey because each each piece is typically like a story. So, you know, you're taken on the journey of the story through a beginning, a middle, and an end. And every time I... Madhu is such a sweet, soft-spoken person, but when she performs... It's she, different. <laughs> she's like eight feet tall and ferocious. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Okay, so what can festival goers expect on Saturday? It's a day-long festival and you know, you can you can take part in the festivities as part of uh, a regular museum admission ticket. There is the Women's Shakeray Ensemble, a West African traditional music troupe, uh, all women which excites me. There's live uh, pottery throwing demonstrations. There's uh, printmaking. Hatri, of course, is going to be performing. There's going to be a drag queen story time uh, hosted by uh, award-winning musical drag performer Eric Jaffe, um, who's going to be doing an inspiring tale for the kids. The Marion Anderson Museum and the Sister Cities Choral Performance are going to be uh, performing some wonderful vocal pieces. There's going to be a whole day of all kinds of art. Verve Dance Performance 
is one to catch as well. Lauren Grenendahl, a good friend of mine, uh, her choreography is going to be presented. There's going to be a little something for everyone. And again, the overall thread is the creative energy and passion that comes from celebrating women and femininity, which I love. That CityCast Philly arts and culture contributor, Charles Tyson Jr. Charles, thanks so much for bringing this story to us and for joining me today on CityCast Philly. Thank you. It's always a pleasure. If you want more information about Madhu's performance and about Culture Fest, we'll have a link in the show notes. And here's what else Philly's talking about. Mastery Simon Gratz High School and Gratz Prep Middle School is shut down after an inspection found damaged asbestos. NBC10 reports that school district officials were doing a re-inspection, which happens every three years. This marks the second school closure in recent weeks because of asbestos. Students from Building 21 were relocated to Strawberry Mansion High School after asbestos was found in the auditorium. President Joe Biden will be at a Northeast Philly Union Hall today to roll out his budget proposal. According to the Philadelphia Inquirer, the president is expected to pitch a tax increase on people earning more than $400,000 and to cut the federal budget deficits. The last time Biden came into town was last month to discuss his infrastructure bill. It's time for the tip of the day, where we share a life hack for living in Philly. There's recently been some ATM skimming devices found in stores across Montgomery County. That's according to KYW News. Conshohocken police say a card reader was located internally and a small camera was placed above the keypad to get the PIN numbers of users. Police say check for suspicious items near the keypad or where the card is inserted. And it's always best practice to cover the keypad with your hand while you punch in your PIN number. If you have a tip of the day, we'd love to hear from you. Call or text us at 215-259-8170. That's all for today here on CityCast Philly. If you enjoyed the show, tell a friend. Rate the show, leave us a review, and hit that subscribe button. Be sure to sign up for our morning newsletter, too. It's called Hey Philly. We'll be back tomorrow morning with the Friday News Roundup. Bye. There's recently been some ATM skimming... Uh, Uh, skimming 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 okay